The president recently said that addressing inflation is a top priority for him, and his administration has repeatedly alluded to the possibility of some sort of action to push gasoline prices down specifically. Today he sent some sort of letter to the FTC to investigate anti-consumer behavior, whatever that means, by oil and gas companies. So let's start there with Patrick DeHaan. He's the head of petroleum analysis at Gas Buddy, and I believe a returning expert here on the Big 89. Patrick, good afternoon. How are you, sir? Good. Good to be with you. Let me correct myself. Good evening, Patrick. How are you? <laughs> there you go. I guess it just crossed. I mean, it's dark out now. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Where do you come down on this daylight uh, saving time thing? You know what? I'd, I'd, I'd prefer it stay lighter a little longer. It, it, it just feels awful, especially when you get to the, you know, what, December, and you leave work at, at 4.30, and it's completely dark out. Yeah. it's a still, Don't mess with Mother Nature. Okay, so have you been able to read or do a little analysis on this letter that the president sent to the FTC? Every president does this, don't they? And does it do any good at all? Does it move the needle down at all? Well, you're right. Uh, most presidents in the last, uh, call it 60 years, have done it. Uh, President Biden today on the FTC, uh, President Obama back in 2011 called on the FTC, and President Bush in 2006 called on the FTC to investigate high gas prices. You notice how these investigations only happen when gas prices are high, not like a year ago when prices <laughs> went to 99 cents in Wisconsin. Kind of interesting. Yeah. What do you make of, uh, I, I, get, I hear from a lot of listeners that they say that there's a, a direct uh, corresponding reason that gas prices have gone up so so terribly and that's deals with the president's cancellation of the construction of the keystone pipeline can you weigh in on that i i know a lot of people uh that don't sit here and and, and delve into oil are going to disagree with me but the keystone pipeline was never operational it was never considered vital it was simply to deliver more Canadian crude oil down to the Gulf Coast. Um, actually, Line 3, which is run by Enbridge from Canada to the U.S., recently expanded. But no, the Keystone is not yet relevant. That was something that was, you know, potentially for the future, and that would have helped boost Canadian oil prices simply because more countries would have access to that Canadian crude oil. Why doesn't the president uh, drain the Strategic Petroleum Reserve? Well, again, uh, we're looking for long-term solutions. The SPR would probably be a short-term solution because it, it merely is uh, uh, storing oil. It is not active oil production, meaning once you release it, um, once the market gobbles it up, the, it's not like it's producing every day, right? This is a kind of like a pool of oil that's been sitting there. So, I mean, that's a possibility. The president could act, but, again, it would be a Band-Aid on a, on a – much bigger problem. This is a global phenomenon. Oil prices aren't just high in the U.S. This is a global issue. So if the president releases crude oil, it would, it would, you have to think about it on a global scale. It's pretty small in comparison to what global oil consumption is. And that's the problem that it won't do a whole lot for a long period of time. Well, why, why doesn't he lean on the House of Saud or the members of OPEC to bring more oil to market? Well, you know, he's he's called on them uh, via press release diplomacy. He's, he's you know, kind of thrown OPEC under the bus and said, hey, it's your fault. Why don't you produce more? Um, OPEC, uh, OPEC is producing more. It's just taking a long time for them to increase production to a meaningful point. But I think in the months ahead, probably two to three months from now, the increases that OPEC has been making every month since July will probably finally get to the point where they will tip the scales. Uh, that is, supply will finally have caught up to demand, probably, I'm hoping, by January, February. 
but I mean, let's just say OPEC has been increasing production. It's just not as much as, as the president wants to see. There's been some talk of reviving this NOPEC legislation, making it possible for the U.S. to sue the members of OPEC for collusion, but that could boomerang on us quite badly, right? Oh, absolutely. Just like the president, you know, doing press release diplomacy. I mean, come on. Um, don't issue a press release and throw OPEC under the bus. Why don't you talk to them and, and actually, you know, diplomatically kind of, you know, ask them, uh, you know, tie it to military uh, purchases from Saudi Arabia. Let, let, let's use our heads on this. But like you said, um, you know, if, if you go about it that way, it, it's certainly to backfire. Plus, I would I assume that would have to make its way through congressional approval. Good luck with that in this day and age. Well, and the U.S. has no jurisdiction overseas. The cartel uh, is headquartered in Vienna, but uh, good luck applying U.S. rules to overseas, you know, organizations. So basically this has to do with we have, and this is overall with the inflation discussion now, we've saved up a lot of money. There's a shortage of goods for supply train, chain reasoning, and uh, now we want these goods, and yay capitalism, everybody's uh, marking up the prices. Well, you know, and, and that, that's what has to do with a lot of the consumer goods. Now, oil's a little different in that, if it wasn't for the first four weeks of the pandemic when Americans stopped driving, and if it wasn't for that shift in behavior, that is what caused oil prices to plummet, which we were all cheerleading early in the pandemic, right? 99 cent gas in Wisconsin prices in Chicago fell under $3, some cases under $2 in the suburbs. That's what caused the shift. Oil companies had no choice but to react to the drop because they were all of a sudden losing hemorrhaging money. So they had to let people go. They shut down oil production. You know, if nobody wants iPhones out anymore, Apple doesn't just continue producing millions of them every day. Um, oil companies had to react. And it's that reaction now that is causing oil prices to shoot back up. They made long-term decisions uh, because of, of what happened early in the pandemic. And it's, it's, that, uh, it's that that is now sque- uh, squeezing us and causing higher oil prices. Give us uh, your best guess as far as the timetable from when these uh, gas prices drop. Well, you know, we, we've seen a little bit of relief here just today. Oil was down 2 dollars 5 a barrel to $78. I don't know in the short term that that will stick. But like I had mentioned earlier, I think by the time we get to January, February, so long as it's not a bitterly cold winter and we're all cranking up the thermostats, I think we'll start to see OPEC's oil production increases amounting uh, to enough by January, February of 2022, and that supply will increase and demand uh, will be better matched by that rise in supply, and that will equate to lower oil prices. Patrick DeHaan, head of petroleum analysis at Gas Buddy, thank you for your time and your analysis. Thanks for having me. Take care.